It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. It is the Locked On Big 12 Roundtable. It is a uh, Wednesday evening as we are doing this right now. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. To my right is Jacob Hatch. He is the host of Locked On Cougars. Below him, it is John Williams, the host of Locked On Sooners, who will be the target of much of conversation tonight. And then to his left, who should be a target of more conversation, but has been overshadowed on multiple occasions by her counterpart to the right. It is Linda Godfrey, actually for the better, to be honest. Uh, Linda Godfrey yeah, I'm of fine Locked On. I'm fine. Yeah, Linda Godfrey of Locked On, <laughs> folks. A whole lot to get to. Things burning to the ground or not, depending on who you are in Soonerland. Uh, before we get to that, our show tonight is brought to you by NetSuite from Oracle. So check that out if you're running a small business. 28,000 small businesses have switched over to NetSuite by Oracle, and yours can too. All right, a whole lot to get to. Let's get to it. Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, this is the meeting of the Big 12 Minds. Actually, first thing we should say is our our friend Stephen Simcox is not here tonight, dealing with some family, uh, some personal stuff. So please keep him in your thoughts, your prayers, whatever else uh, you do. But just think about him right now. He, He cannot be with us tonight, so he's doing some personal stuff. Uh, we're thinking of our friend Steven right now. So and I'm, 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 we're missing him because I'm sure he'd love to talk to John about what's, what's happened in Oklahoma land over the last uh, week or so, and really the last month and a half. And this is where – so we just had the college football playoff, and Alabama gets by Cincinnati pretty easily. Georgia curb stomps Michigan. But like I was thinking about this, and the Big 12 is like the really good example. Beginning of the season, it was like, man – it's going to be Iowa State. It's going to be Oklahoma, the Big 12 title game. And you look at Oklahoma, you just take them as the, as the test case. They lost their coach. They lost their Heisman favorite quarterback. They lost the guy who backed him up and came in. Was They're going to lose the guy who backed him up and came in and was amazing. Um, and they were a preseason favorite to go to that college ball playoff. Didn't even make the Big 12 title game. A team that won two games in Baylor ends, uh, the previous season ends up being the Big 12 champion this season like there is parody if you don't just watch the top four there is parody for all of you out there but um john really busy week for everything that's happening and here's the one thing that i've seen debated on twitter and it's it's frustrating to, to see people who are the complete fan being like you know what i'll take dylan gabriel he's more proven he's a good leader also i'll take bv over over lincoln Riley any day he's committed like, what, do you, what is your response to the fans who are like, we're better off with the guys we have now than we were before? Yeah, I mean, I think in the long term, I think it's going to be a good situation for Oklahoma. Are they better off right now? It's hard for me to argue that. Not just simply because of the coaching change, but there's, they lost six defensive starters. One's going to Stanford, transferring as a grad transfer. Five are going to the NFL. Probably all five are going to get drafted. Uh, you're losing two offensive linemen. You, like you mentioned, you lost both your quarterbacks. It's a, I mean, it's a season of upheaval. At the same time, you know, Brent Venables has been kind of eyeballed for a head coaching job for a very, very long time. And so this is just kind of the culmination of all of his work. And so I think there is a lot of optimism because of what he's done as a defensive coordinator, what he's done as a recruiter in helping Clemson build two national championship teams. 
are they better off now? It's, I, I can't argue that. I can't say that they are better off. I will say I like the direction that they're heading and I'm very optimistic for the future because of what they've got in place. No, I don't think Dylan Gabriel is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams. I do think he's a capable quarterback, and I do think that he's going to be very good for Oklahoma, especially if they're able to hold on to Marvin Mims at wide receiver, Jaleel Farouk as well. I think they'll be in really good shape. Dylan Gabriel averaged more than 300 yards passing for his career. That's pretty good. That's pretty salty. In the American Athletic Conference, it's underrated as a conference, I believe. And so I, I feel like he's a good quarterback. Nobody's going to confuse him for Caleb Williams. But I think he's got the right attitude. He's got a little bit of that moxie, but kind of not to the same level that's that was Spencer Rattler. But it's kind of like that, yeah, we're going to go and we're going to compete and we're going to contend. So I think they're in good shape. Um, and then there's that small, minute chance that you know Caleb Williams comes back, although I don't believe that's going to be the case. And so, yes, they've got a lot of work to do this offseason to retool their program, and a lot of that's going to start on the defensive side of the, fo- uh, the football. I think offensively, I think they'll still be really, really good. But as it's been for years with Oklahoma, can they contend if their defense is not better than average, if it's not a top 30 defense? Right. That, yeah, it's a big question. And, well, it's hard to at the top level. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. The The Caleb Williams situation is really interesting. So – the thought that popped into my mind this week when I saw Caleb Williams transferring, and then I saw the statement from the athletic director slash coach. It was interesting because their interim coach, Bob Stoops, program legend, had said previously, this program is greater than one person. I was very surprised to then see the athletic director and the coach make a statement about one person who is transferring. So, Sorry, Linda, and, and sorry, Jake. I just want to get John your response to somebody who would say that to you, like, okay, it's about one per it's not about one person, but I've never seen an athletic director and a coach make a statement about one player in a situation that didn't involve, you know, somebody being dismissed from a team or some outstanding situation like that. Yeah, the the more I read that statement, the more I kind of thought about it, the more I thought it, it was odd to throw that in there as well. I mean this is something that everybody's been talking about for the last month since Riley just up and left for USC. And so I, I feel like everybody could have just implied that, that the program is more than just one person, but they've also emphasized over the last month that the program is about the players and he's your best player, arguably. I'm Nick Bonito to, to my mind, my money, he was the best player, but he's also gone to the mm-hmm. NFL draft. But if the program's about the players, you don't necessarily want to talk about the leader and the best player on your team as if like, you just don't want to kind of fuse those comments together, if that makes sense. And I know Linda's got comments on this. It's fine. But it, it just seemed like an odd PR strategy, in my opinion. I, I understand that they want to exude strength and confidence moving forward. At the same time, what it really reads to me is they see him leaving. As much mm-hmm. as they're putting in the, in the upper half of that statement, like we're going to continue to be in discussions with him and his family. We're going to pursue him on every front that second half of the statement just makes me believe they think he's leaving. Hence the Dylan Gabriel transfer to Oklahoma as well. Yeah. Right. Rather immediately too, which was, which is the part. All right. So the words of Toby Rowland, the play play man of the Sooners on radio, I'm going to unhitch the wagons uh, and I'm going to let the metaphorical pony run around. That it is Linda Godfrey. So Linda, <laughs> you are you mad? Because this is two situations now where Oklahoma stuff has stole your thunder. So they, they win bedlam, Right. And the conversation the next Monday is about Lincoln Riley leaving, leaving Oklahoma. 
Then they just they have the one of the biggest the biggest win in program history according to their head coach Mike Gundy, who's been there long enough to know, um, and an awesome comeback win in the year six game against against Notre Dame. And then that gets overshadowed by the news on Monday that Caleb Williams is transferring and Dylan Gabriel so uh, is coming in. So how do you feel about this entire situation and how it's played out? So uh, you know, right now. Well, uh, personally, I'm not that worried about it. Like at the same time that I'm, like I'm not proud of it, but mocking Oklahoma fans and what's <laughs> happening there. I'm sorry, but when you get beat that many times, like there's some some petty. My, like I'm not proud of it. Like I said, but yeah. <laughs> It's well I've spent some time. I've spent some time laughing at Oklahoma and all that they've gone through. And when they talk about, you know, we're going to be fine. The bar was like on the floor, dude. Your head coach is gone. Both your quarterbacks, like you, it was not a hard bar to clear to like be excited about the future. And as somebody who in seasons a lot, like next year, man. So like I get that mentality. I'm not worried about it. Oklahoma fans, like my Twitter page is still all celebrating the way that Oklahoma state finished the season. So I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about it. OU fans see us chirping at them because we're chirping directly at them. They don't see us celebrating the Fiesta Bowl win and, and Colin Oliver setting a freshman record for sacks on Oklahoma state and, and all the things that we've done this year. So in you know, I get it. I get that that's all they see, but I'm not going to not talk about it. It's hilarious. Yeah, it is. Fu- I'll be honest. So like, and, and John, I'm sure you acknowledge this. Like there is a meltdown happening, but also because here's the thing. So when Oklahoma moved to the SEC, a lot of people I worked with, I've, I've worked with said like, you know, this is business. And look, Oklahoma fans should be excited about the move to the Southeastern Conference because it's new matchups. It's exciting places. It's not Manhattan, Kansas. It's not Ames, Iowa. You know, it's, it's new, fun places. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's Columbia, Missouri, which is great. Well, they've been there before, but it's a great college town. You know, it's Gainesville, Florida. It's Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, you know, it's, it's Oxford, Mississippi. New places, new territories, fun places to travel to. By the same token, though, their coach did the same thing to them that their team did, their, their school did, to the entire conference. So that is why there is a bit of laughing right right now at them being like, look, we don't that's why nobody's saying we feel bad for you. Well, I think the thing that people are most upset about is that it's pretty clear that Lincoln Riley was working on this throughout the season. And oh, he wasn't really focused yeah. oh, on the yeah. 2021 college football season while he had an undefeated team heading into the final weeks of the season. I think that's where a lot of people really are rubbed wrong by how this all went down. I mean, the LA times were the first to report that he was in, that his representation was in talks with USC not long after Clayton Hilton, Clay Hilton was fired. So it's like, I feel like a lot of people have a reason to be upset because it was a wasted season with one of their most talented rosters in Lincoln Riley's era. And it just went down the drain. Um, is it business? Absolutely. You know, I, and I think people, most people that I'm seeing are responding to Caleb Williams entrance into the transfer portal with the idea that, Hey, this is just part of what college football is like now. And, and I, and I do credit Joe Castiglione and Brent Venables in their joint statement saying it's well within Caleb's right to explore his options in the transfer portal, especially given the fact that the guy that he committed to play for is no longer there. So like that part of it, I think for the most part, you got the small minority of Oklahoma Sooners fans that are just like, ah, screw the kid, or this is terrible for football or whatever. But most people I feel like understand that this is what football is now and that you know what? Kids are going to do this. They're going to transfer. And Caleb Williams, he has the right to to go out and explore options. And that is part of the business of it. 
the Lincoln Riley thing, that's just a whole different thing. I mean, the Lincoln Riley situation has created a cascading effect that has like, I mean, it, it's unearthed what Oklahoma, I mean, it's just shaking the foundation of Oklahoma. Now, Bob right. Stoops kind of helped like rebuild the confidence, Brent Venables as well. Things are, you know, the confidence is building back up. But, I mean, we're still seeing the effects of what Lincoln Riley's decision But being torn down Oklahoma. simultaneously as all these yeah. guys begin to leave, too. It's a weird well, effect. Well, for sure, for sure. Uh, Jake, as somebody who is a, you know, nonpartisan observer, out of, you know, out of, you, you are kind of looking at this from afar. Uh, yep. What is your read on the situation, like how all of this has transpired and just kind of from a national perspective, like what do you think the big narrative is coming out of this? Well, see, and the thing about this is, is I'm with John. This is what college football is these days. Dylan Gabriel, the day he's supposed to enroll in classes at UCLA, announces he's going to Oklahoma after three weeks of being committed to the Bruins. Okay, you can't tell me there's not free agency in this sport. It's 100%. <laughs> It's, it's what it is. So I just sit back and watch it. Uh, BYU, just for an example, just had their backup quarterback who's actually won some big games for him, Baylor Romney. He entered the transfer portal. He's looking at his options. He may just ultimately decide to stop playing football because he's getting a little bit older and he's just he's trying to figure out what to do with his life. But right. I think anymore, these young men, they deserve the opportunity to go find an opportunity for themselves. Because as you mentioned, Lincoln Riley, we all know that he was talking with USC for multiple weeks in a row. We have it on very good authority that out at University of Oregon, Mario Cristobal, he was talking to Miami for what? Better half of the, of the season mm-hmm. to set up his move down to South Beach? Yeah, if these coaches are going to do this, give the kids their opportunity because they deserve it right along with the coaches. All right, I'm going to follow up with that in this one second. Quick word from our friends uh, from NetSuite by Oracle. Uh, If you run a small business and you're not using NetSuite right now, you're not doing it right. Uh, Over 28,000 businesses have already uh, switched to NetSuite. The new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. That's netsuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Once again, netsuite.com slash locked. So, uh, Jake, I'm kind of going to follow up on this like, with you. It, that's the big story, right? There's not a whole lot of nationally, I think, like Oklahoma has a problem. A whole lot of it is like – which is sad. It's like, this is a problem. The kids are moving around. But I think the good thing is a lot of people cover the sport like we do are saying, look, why aren't we talking about Brian Kelly over and over again, leaving a team that had a chance to go to the playoff? They were number five. They're number five. All they needed was, you know, like, look, if, if Cincinnati had slipped up, if Michigan had slipped up, you know, in one of those situations, if, if Alabama uh, had not beaten Georgia, you know, there were three results that had to go that way to basically shut everybody else out. And Baylor would have had to climb Notre Dame in that situation to go there. And Brian Kelly said, I don't care. I'm leaving. I'm going to LSU, which I actually don't fault him for. But nobody else – well, no, nobody else. But, like, we're not hammering this home. It's just people who are usually older people who are uncomfortable with the 18 to 22-year-old kids now controlling the narrative, controlling yeah. what's happening in college football. That, to me, is what's happening. Do you agree? 
Yeah, there's a, there's a power dynamic. There's a power shift that's happened. The, the, the players have the power now. And the thing about Brian Kelly, he's in a recruit's home the night he flies back to South Bend, signs a contract midair while he's flying back to South Bend that he's going to – yeah. There, there are a bunch of old heads who are out there saying, well, the, there needs to be more loyalty in this sport. Guess what? There's been, there hasn't been loyalty the entire time this sport has existed. It just so happens that the players for many, many years have been picked on, have been taken advantage of. And guess what? Now they have some power and people don't like it. I'm glad the kids have some power, though. Yeah, I mean, remember Dabo Sweeney said he's going to quit when he's like, if you give the kids, yeah. you get paid, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm you, you, you're going to give up that $9 million? Come on, buddy. No, no. Well, I think some of the reason that we're, we're not seeing Brian Kelly killed or Mario Cristobal killed or Lincoln Riley even killed by the national media is look, look at the places they ended up. So you got one going to LSU, SEC country, ESPN has got a big, uh, they, they've got a big stake in the SEC. Yeah. You got Mario Cristobal going from Oregon to Miami, a much bigger media market. You got Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC, a much bigger media market. I've seen Lincoln Riley on ESPN more in the last month than I think I ever saw him on ESPN in his time in yes. Norman. So like there, there definitely is a, a, a stake in this from the, the media's perspective. They want these big time coaches in these big time media markets or these big time programs, because it helps build their, their stake and helps build their kind of infrastructure for presenting college football to the fans. And, and I think that's where it is. And I totally agree with Jake. Like it's, it's about time. The players have some power in this. I feel like there needs to be something done though, to create a little bit more balance in all of this Yeah, on, on both sides of things. The I, I think the side is, and the player side. I think the, my, my problem about it is this, uh, so I work on a bunch of I work on a bunch of radio shows with a variety of hosts cover of college football. There is so much conversation about opting out, and that's so much focus. And, and it's all out of why wouldn't you want to finish the season with your team, dude? What about the coaches who have told the who lied to these kids time and time? Who are the liars here? Who are the ones that are getting shafted? It's the players. Why should any player show any loyalty to any coach at all when they could bolt at any time? All right. The, like Lincoln Riley, you know, here's the, I'm not even mad at him. I'm actually not mad. I don't think anybody should be mad. I think people should stop getting angry about any I'm of these situations. You can be fine. You can be mad at him. But here's the, here's the thing is that look, all this stuff is like all of it's transactional. You know who UCLA fans are mad at right now? Oklahoma and Dylan yeah. Gabriel and, and mm-hmm. pulling the rug out under them. They're mad at you. So you know what? It, it kind of all works out in the wash. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's how people, Clemson fans might be bad at Brent Venables because you know who was recruiting for Clemson while all the rumors were swirling? Brent Venables was also recruiting for Clemson. Like, this is all transactional, people. Stop acting like it's not. Like, just because you ignore it and be like, college football is pure. It's what I want it to be. It's it's potential third-round picks playing in the Sun Bowl. That's what it is. All right. For my enjoyment. (laughs) Like, what the hell is – what the hell are we doing? It's – I'm sorry. Like, you – Guys, it's not this pure sport where a bunch of high shoulder pad linebackers are like, yes, team, Sooners, come on. It's not what this is anymore. It's Also, it's never been that before. Like, sure, a few players say that it is, but it's not what this is. Man. It's always it's, – it's become more transactional than it was in the past. But, like, that's what all sports are. And look at the, look at the college football playoff contract. It is a $400 to $500 million contract. 
that the players see zero dollars of like directly into their pockets, zero dollars of. So when NIL comes up and these kids can now say, all right, NIL plus NFL draft. I have varieties of ways to look out for my own interests. Like they should not apologize for any of this. Nobody should be like, you know what? Matt Corral is a great for Matt Corral. I love it. The fact he finished the season with his teammates. I had to mute that. that game. I had to mute that game. But they could what in not. the hell are we doing there? Somebody oh to get in that kid's ear. And did you, I mean, did you guys hear the broadcast? They were. It was the, awful. Plan A was to praise Matt Corral, and Plan B, when he got hurt, was like, "Oh, what do we do now?" He was always going to play. He was always going to play. What, He's a team what, player. What, they had nothing to say after he got hurt, got and it. it was it was embarrassing. And it's like, why? You know what? Somebody should have said, "You know what?" It's great Matt Corral was out here, but he is an aggressive player who has been injured multiple times this season. You know, maybe somebody could have looked out for his interest and said, hey, maybe this isn't the best spot. Because you know what? You know what player did need to play out of all the games? Matt Corral did not need to play that ball game. That was the right. one guy with the style of play, with his injury history, and his unique draft position did not need to play. And he did good for him, but we can't be like, this is what it's about. And then when the injury happens, we're like, well, oh, good for him being out here. It, it drives me crazy. All like all of this stuff is tied together. I know it's kind of a long rant where I hit multiple things, but it's all tied together right now, the way we're talking about it. So Lind- Linda, I'll let you, oh, go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. Go I just want to interject one thing. If you want to know the answer to anything going on in anything, follow the almighty dollar. Just find out who's yeah. benefiting from it, and you'll know exactly what their take is going to be because guess what? When it impacts their bottom line and their pocketbook, guess what? They've got a stake. Right. It's why we want Matt Corral play. You know why? Because more people are going to watch the, the game. It's a more valuable Matt Corral yeah. watch. You know, play. Pay him if you want to play the game. So uh, Linda, go ahead. Yeah, I, I need to get some, you get some thoughts in this regard. Well, I just think in terms of like we talk about all of us are very pro players should get to make their own decisions about what they do with their future. But I think all the people that are aggressively against it are much louder than we are. Like yes. people with bad opinions are always louder. And um, most of them have like jobs in booths talking to the entire nation. So I'm just saying like, I think if you look in like, like Twitter replies, like John was saying, OU fans are for the most part, very much, you know, do what's right for you. It's just the ones that aren't are so much louder. And then we give them attention by being like, don't be like that. And then it just like grows. So, cycle. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta fans. just I well, try to like ignore those fans, you know? Yeah, well, it doesn't help when College Game Day basically supports that that line oh, thing, you know. Right, Kirk exactly. Terrific. Terrific. Yeah, it was really, it it was really like probably the worst thing that happened in college football this season. <laughs> like it really was because you have the the number one sports station in the country world. I mean, worldwide, ESPN is just the brand. You got honestly, arguably, the number one color analyst. And you know, all of, I would argue he's the best color analyst in all of football, like pro yeah. or college. It, and that's a that's a reasonable argument to make. Sitting out there saying that this is all bad for college football, that the transfer portal, that bowl opt outs, like, and and calling kid, telling kids that they don't love the game, like that's terrible for college football. Yeah, and it just it just. All it does is speak to the agenda that ESPN has, and it's just about making money. I mean, does Kirk Herbstreit really believe some of that stuff? I can I can. I could totally see it. You know, this is a guy that played 20, 30 years ago. Like he's part of that older guard, 
But it, I think that was just really, really bad. It was just a bad, bad look for the future of college football to have your number one voice to, that promotes your sport to go out there and basically rip you know, thousands of kids. Well, and, and you know, you know, it's bad when they sent him on pardon my take, you know, to, to do a little, uh, let's make him more likable apology. I love Kirk Herbstreit. I think he's really, really smart. The idea that like kids don't love football as much as they used to is crazy. To me. Just things have changed. Yeah. They always change and every, like everything in life. I don't mean this to be like a big life, but like what does not change? Yep. Like in, at my job the other day, they've put in new uh, to replace boards. They've put in iPads. All right, do do the twenty four year old, twenty six year olds like, like go back? We're like go back to our old boards. Yeah, you know what? Tough shit. It's changed. <laughs> That's how all of life works, man. There's change, and so look when um, when Kirk played, there was no five hundred million dollar television contract for the CFP, was there? No, there was no people who were like, you know what? This is kind of uncomfortable. It's kind of gross how much money is being made off these players' backs. Maybe they should get some of it. And so now the kids are like, you know what? I'm trying to make squeeze every last ounce of money out of my football-making career because this is the one thing we know. We all like pro football, too. It is not for long, pro football, especially when you get to pro football, man. I mean, that is a quick, short, and sometimes brutal career so now the avenues are open to as a football player to make as much money as possible and let's be honest most guys are probably out of football before like in their early 30s so if you get a chance to make it now make it now man just make and that's why when i hear people questioning oh, how much the kids love football you're gonna question how much kenny pickett loves football seriously like because he didn't play in the peach bowl the guy came back to Pitt and won an ACC championship. I, I was at that game, man. He played his ass off. What does Kenny Pickett have to prove in a peach ball against Michigan State? Like, what? What do yeah. we? What does he against? What, what, does he? Does he love football less? Do any, me, does anybody here think he loves football less? No. And let me interject yeah. one thing on Kirk Herbstreit's part. He's got two sons that play college football right now. One at Clemson, yes. and Ohio State. I cannot yeah. believe he does not have a more nuanced take than what he went with. It, it was stunning to me. The, the fact and the lack of apology too. The the, the, yeah. the clarification it wasn't really an apology. It was more it's, of a clarification. Uh, yeah. It was just also weird. Kirk would have so secured the bag in college, like you. Which we would not have blamed him. What he's a handsome exactly. fellow. He yeah, probably, I mean, I would put him bag. on some posters. He's a handsome, he's still a handsome guy. Even he probably yeah, yeah, like, so real. He was just bag. under the table. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's true. I, I did not like. I love Desmond Howard too. I didn't like Desmond Howard agreeing with him. That that one that one hurt. No, like these hurt, guys, but, these former players, they should be the advocates for the right. current player. Like the, they have the biggest voice and yes, ESPN has a vested interest in all these guys playing, but these analysts, they are the advocate nationwide for college football. And they should be for the players because that's the platform that they have. They, they worked hard for that platform. They have it now. And really it's the players that provide the platform. If every single college football players decided I'm done playing, guess what, Kirk, you don't got a job anymore. I mean, right. you can go, you can go right. watch money. You can right. go get on Monday night football or whatever, yeah. but you're done on college game day. You're done calling college football games. And you look at, you know, guys that opted out of, of the, uh, the 2020 season, like Michael Parsons, Rashawn Slater, I think they're, doing, Chase. Pretty, yeah, Chase. they're doing pretty well for themselves. Having sat out a year of football, the offensive you know, and a rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year yeah. doing, looking pretty good. Yeah. So you might argue like, hey, having a bit of a break from football might be a good thing for, for these players at times. And I want to actually mention this. So, so Jake, I was, I was working Pac-12 radio the other day for Sirius, and we had Jordan Wynn on the former quarterback. 
And this is an interesting point. He's, he's like, you know, we're, we're jealous, us former players of the current Utah guys, because they're in the Rose Bowl. But we're so pleased for the program is. And I wish that sentiment was shared for something like this. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, 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 lo- I would love to make money while I was there. I would love to ha- make some NIL deals and get some free barbecue, or get some free meals if I was eating ramen or whatever while I was on campus. But I'm really yeah. glad the kids are now. I don't think we have enough of that. And I think you guys are all spot on with this point. Like, yeah, you know, the, the, I, prob- the problem is Jordan Wynn, like us, he's kind of small time. It, it, right. the guys like Desmond Howard, Kirk Herbstreet, I don't know who else you want to go to. I got like Tim. Brandon. I would say my own colleagues, Dustin Dvorak and Danny Cannell, are a little bit guilty of it as well. Sure, sure, but they they have the biggest voices out there in the sport. The problem is they seem to be on the wrong side. It feels like right. of all of this. Yeah, that's tough. Anybody, anything else before we close out in this? I know it started with Oklahoma and kind of morphed into something else, but I think this entire Oklahoma conversation, like kind of we talked about, it's more, it's, it's been nationally pegged as Oklahoma's situation in 2021 is everything wrong with college football. And I, and I think our opinion is kind of like, this is just reality of, of 2021 of where we are. Adapt. I like, yeah. I feel like the guy that I've seen like in Oklahoma spheres who had the best take on this was Rufus Alexander. And I just want to read his tweet to you. He's like, there's a, basically he said, Caleb's earned the right to do this. Um, but the second tweet was the one I liked the best. He said, there's a better way to do this and greed by the NCAA has turned this into the wild, wild West. I hope the bidding for Caleb services come back at 10 million. I hope parents see that and start a bidding war for their kid. Get your popcorn ready. And, and that's like, that's the kind of advocacy you want from former players. Like if right. this is going to be the system, then go secure the bag. I do. I would like to, maybe we should have a conversation on this at some point about NIL and transfer portals and all that stuff. But I feel like there needs to be a little bit more like structure and organization to it. Yeah. So that <laughs> a kid's not here one day, gone tomorrow kind of a thing. If but you'd like to call the NCAA, I'm sure their phone will go right to, uh, it'll go right to, you know, the answering machine because yeah. they kick, they kick this can down there. And look, that's, that's the problem is a lot of the blame falls on the kids when the NCAA knew this was coming yeah, and they set some of these parameters, they set some of these, they said, look, we're going to like, do you know how much stuff Congress has to deal with and state governments have to deal with? And they're like, we're going to let the states decide NIL. You know, who's like not jumping to be like, look, we got to put this front of the, like Idaho is not like, look, we got NIL. I know some of these states put some stuff forward, but honestly, like a lot of that legislation and build stuff were just rushed. Hey, uh, California's was thought out. Go ahead. Yeah. Utah. I have talked to four state legislators here in this state. I have talked to four of them. I've asked every one of them point blank. Will there be a NIL legislation, whatever you want to call it, a bill forth to the Utah state legislature? All four of them. No, there is nothing pending and we don't plan on putting anything forward. So, th- Which is kind of crazy to me because the Texas legislator will spend a I, session on Texas moving to the SEC and, and Texas, Texas A&M. Oklahoma will spend yeah. time trying to rename three inches of highway after Lincoln Riley. This is the problem, though. Is this not the problem that every state has different priorities? Yes. So therefore, yeah. the playing field is – Also, like, if a state doesn't have an NIL bill – is there anything stopping the kids from getting NIL deals? Like have you seen is, is what, amateur? Have you seen what BYU's been doing? Come on, they've got yeah. I mean, yeah, which is which is they good. Have three, they, have team, they have three team wide deals. A like built bar currently. They have one called the Savory Restaurant Fund, which they run restaurants here in the state of Utah. These guys are eating for free at these local restaurants That's all the time. 
it, it's it, it's awesome in that re- respect for it. But the, the thing, each state legislature is different. The state of Utah, the only way outside of their normal legislative period, which is actually coming up at the end of this month, the only way for them to get back together to reconvene is for the governor to call them into session. That so it, <laughs> every state has its own quirks. That's Utah has got it. They have one legislative session that's set apart every year. Beyond that, the governor has to call for a special legislative session. And I tell you this much, they aren't calling that to get an NIL deal done. No. And so, and look, Florida rushed one through, I'm pretty sure, pretty quickly. Some other states did too. But it's like, you know, it's it's one of those things where um, the NCAA being like, we're going to let states and state governments run this is like one of the dumbest, the dumbest let- things. Yeah, I wouldn't let Oklahoma State government run like a child's birthday party, bro. Like, <laughs> no. I mean, they heard they heard arguments about like why they should name three inches of highway. Embar- I was like, I'm not from here. Like, I wasn't born here. I'm just stuck here. As a, <laughs> as a as a guy who lives on the other side of the Colorado, the, the Rockies here, the fact that you guys named three inches of highway for Lincoln Riley just made my day. That, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I didn't. Me too. It just says, I, which like I endorse the pettiness, but like as long as we acknowledge what it is and like what it signifies, right? Where it's like you're gonna let these guys decide if the NIL laws for this sport. Right. We're gonna let that. Right. That's what we're gonna do. And these uh, are the guys that are charged with running our schools and getting our healthcare yeah, system and, in better shape. And uh, trying to no, figure no, no. out. We're not gonna focus on the, pencils in public schools. How, we got to, talk to relate about the to uh, the, the tribes here in the state of Oklahoma and failing at that as well. But this is not locked it's on politics, well. Oklahoma. So, oh, yeah. Forget the quality of the highways. We got to talk about what it's named. That we gotta make sure we name the three inches. All right. Well, a quick word from our sponsors, and then we have a second episode coming about college football playoff expansion. I've got a formula. It's gonna work. It's gonna be perfect. First, quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you all by Get Upside. It is a new app uh, that is going to help you all save money on gas. Listeners can make up to twenty five cents off for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's $0.50 per gallon cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE. Once again, that's promo code SCORE. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the first episode of our get together here. Uh, everybody needs to give their uh, their. Actually, you know what? We'll just end the episode. And we'll do the, We'll do the the, sponsor, the 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 reads and whatever at the end of the next one. So, thank you for listening. That's John Williams uh, below to my right diagonal. Uh, there you go. Uh, above him, it is Jake Hatch. Uh, Linda Godfrey went to get her charger. We'll be back with the second episode. Check out our playoff expansion special coming up. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.